All right. Well, uh, I'll be down here today, and uh, that means uh, looking for some interaction. So feel free to ask questions or comment along the way uh, as we work through this together. But uh, we spent some um, spent some time uh, last, well, I guess Wednesday night, and then also last Sunday, um, looking at this topic of, of evangelism, and, and we saw our need for evangelism uh, to, and sharing the gospel with others. Um, we looked a little bit about, uh, last Wednesday, about how do you turn a conversation to spiritual things? How do you get from just everyday life to start talking about the Lord and then, and then actually sharing the gospel? And uh, what, one of the, one of the um, realities, I think, that, that people go through is that um, it, is, it can be difficult to get from just the day-to-day affairs of life to start talking about the Lord. And um, that, that can at times be a challenge. How do, how do you get from, uh, you know, talking to your coworker about, you know, the, the project at work or the spreadsheet to, to actually talking about Christ? And uh, how do you do it in a way that's, um, you know, not, not off-putting, right? Not, you don't want to cause unnecessary offense, um, if somebody's offended, uh, I want them to be fend- offended uh, at the gospel itself, right? I-, I want them to be offended at the fact that they need a savior. I, I don't want them to be offended um, because uh, I was awkward or demanding or offensive in my approach or direction to them. In other words, I don't want to be the cause for offense. If they're offended, I want Christ to be the cause for offense, and and. That Christ is offensive to many people. The, the idea that I need a Savior, that I can't save myself, that I can't do it on my own, is offensive to many people. And that's okay, right? I, I don't have any problem with somebody being offended at Christ. I mean, he died for them. You're going to be offended at that? Okay, fine, right? But I, I don't want to be the cause for offense, right? I, I want to sure that, be sure that I'm not getting in the way for, for them understanding Christ. And so... Um, we, when we talk about um, the, the reality, I, I think most people would love to lead somebody to the Lord. I, I think most people, if you said, wouldn't you, wouldn't you like to lead somebody to, to saving knowledge of Jesus Christ, where, where you present Christ and they accept it and they, and they believe, wouldn't you love to do that? I think most people would say, yeah, I'd love to do that. Now, how many are going about the, the practice of actually doing that? Probably a lot fewer, right, of, of actually sharing the gospel. Um, one of the challenges is that um, folks may, may not know where to begin. And so last Wednesday night, we talked about the, the need to, to um, turn a conversation to spiritual things. How do you get from everyday life to talking about spiritual things? And, and usually this is by asking questions. You talk to somebody and you ask, ask questions, you know, tell me about your job, where do you work? And, and then, and then you, you move those things into something that, that is a little bit more... Um, um, spiritual or deep, right? What, what do you what do you think about all those problems in the world? Why do we have all these problems? Why 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 is life so hard and difficult? Is they're complaining about the various things going on their life? Why do you think it is that way? Why do you think it needs to be like that? And and you you, you move them into to talking about uh, more more having more of an eternal focus. And, and talking about things in a spiritual way, and then bring them over into to the gospel. So um, today our focus is actually going to be 
on um, a, a method of sharing the gospel. So you, you've sat down, you, you've talked to someone, you've asked them questions, you got to know them, you show personal interest, and then you're, you're talking about their background, their family, their job. The conversation is turning to spiritual things. And then in preparation for sharing the gospel, you know, where, where do you begin? And so um, we're going to be looking through this study together. Um, the, the topic today is how to tell the bad news, good news. So this is approach of sharing the gospel. There are lots of approaches to sharing the gospel. This is just one example. Uh, you need to have something, right? You need to have one that you know or, or, or some way in which you can help people through. Um, this is an approach that I use. Um, I don't always go through it the same way, right? It doesn't always look the same for every person I'm talking to. It may change depending on the person. Um, but um, if you don't have anything, start with a template, right? And, and then work from that. And as you get to know it and become more confident, you can change it up. This is from Larry Moyer's book, How to Book on Personal Evangelism. Um, it's just a great, very, very simple way of, of, of developing an evangelistic lifestyle uh, to where you're, you're sharing the gospel regularly with people. So um, with that in mind, um, we're, we're going to work through this. Okay, so, so what do you do? How, how do you present it? You've, changed, you, you've uh, turned the conversation to spiritual things. And how do you begin? Well, perhaps you start with something like this. Has uh, anyone ever taken a Bible and shown you how you can know that you're going to heaven? All right, so you're... You're, uh, you're talking about spiritual things. You're talking about the, the Lord. You've brought the conversation to that aspect. And, but now, now we want to take it a step further, right? We want, to, we want to be very intentional about talking about what God says and what his word says about eternal life. And so the question is simple. Has anybody ever taken a Bible and shown you how to get to heaven, how you can know for sure that you're going to heaven? And the answer a lot of times may be no, right? Uh, a lot of times the answer could be no. Um, most people, even, even people who know the Lord, haven't always had somebody just sit down and walk you through that from Scripture um, you, you know, at, at, at different points in time. So a lot of times the, the answer is no. And the follow-up question is, well, may I? May I do that? And um, a lot of people will say, yeah, sure, that'd be great. So... What do you do? Well, introduce the, the bad news and the good news. Well, the, the Bible has bad news and it has good news. And, um, and bad news is something about you. The, the good news is something about God. And so let, let's talk about, about the bad news first. Okay, so, so this is the bad news. You start looking at the bad news and the first point is very simple, right? You are a sinner, right? You are a sinner. And, and so we, you look at that from scripture. So Maybe you, you just say it something like this. You know, there's several, several things that you need to understand from Scripture as we get into this topic of, of what it means to, to go to heaven and what you need to know to go to heaven. And, and the first thing that you have to understand is that, that you're a sinner. And so um, why don't we just look at what the Bible says about this. And, and so let's look at Romans 3.23. And so I, I recommend that, that, you know, you have a Bible, you have an open Bible there, and you, you say, okay, let's actually turn and, and let's look there. Um, we'll use the screen today for us, right, so we have it up there, but, but um, it, I'd encourage you, just sit down, open the Bible, and let them read it directly from Scripture. Now, we'll read it off the screen, but uh, um, same, same type of idea. So Romans 3.23, um, someone read that off for me. 
Okay, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. So, uh, pretty clear there, right? We're all sinners, right? No, no doubt about that. And so, what does that mean? When the Bible says that you and I are sinners, because remember, all, we're all in the same boat, um, you know, that, that's one thing that sometimes, um, you, you know, some of these evangelistic presentations get very, you are a, you are a, you are a. <laughs> uh, I, I'd encourage you to say, we are a, <laughs> we are because <laughs> we all are, right? We, we all are sinners. And um, I didn't stop being a sinner when, when I got saved. I'm still a sinner, and I still do things that don't please Christ. Um, that's not the goal, but, but the reality is, is there. And so uh, when, when the Bible says that you and I have sinned, right? Well, that, that means that we lie and we lust and we hate and we steal and um, we're even capable of, of murder. Um, the, the word sin actually means to miss the mark, okay? So to miss the mark. And so um, you may want to explain that. You know, sometimes I'll explain that. Sin, sin is an archery term. That, that's what uh, sin is. And so you, you aim at the target, you don't hit it. That's, that's a sin. That's missing the mark. And so that's, that's the actual idea. And so um, God's perfect. We aren't. His standard is perfect. And, and guess what? We don't, we don't hit it. And so let, let me just give you an illustration of this. Okay, And this is where um, I use the illustration of a rock. And uh, you say, okay, the two of us pick up a rock. Right? You get a rock, I get a rock. And here's what we're going to do. I want you to take your rock and I want you to throw it and hit the North Pole. Right? How many say, I got that? No problem. <laughs> it's not going to happen, right? All right, so you throw your rock and, and you aim at the North Pole. Uh, that's, that's that way, by the way. North is that way, just in case you didn't know. I mean, I want to help, help you at least get in the right direction. But, um, but you know, you, you aim and you throw it toward the North Pole, and, and then I, I take my rock and I throw it. Now, um, your rock might get further than mine, or maybe my rock gets farther than yours, but uh, we're either one of us going to be successful at hitting the North Pole. Not a chance, right? It, it just doesn't work that way. And, and both of us would fall short, right? Both of us would miss the mark. And, and so when, when the Bible says that, that we all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God, right? The, the idea is that, that there is a standard, a perfect standard, God's standard, that we have to meet. And the, the problem is because God is that standard, Right, and, and he's holy, and everything has to be as holy as he is holy, and as perfect as he is perfect. Now that's that's pretty perfect, right? <laughs> that's pretty holy, <laughs> um, and, and and so it it doesn't matter how religious we live our lives. It, it doesn't matter how good we try to be, right? We're we're not going to meet that standard. And so that's, that's the bad news, right? All of us have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. And there's some more bad news, right? And, and the other thing we need to know um, is that this bad news gets even worse. And we have to understand that the penalty for sin is, is death. So Romans 6.23 here, um, 
Open your Bible. Turn there. Let's look at it together. Let's see what God's Word says. Somebody read it out of the Bible for me. And we'll, we'll have it up on the screen. Right? <laughs> but uh, Romans 6.23, who could read that? The beginning of, this is just the beginning of that verse. Who, who could read that for me? Somebody call it out. Nolan, go ahead. Okay, the wages of sin is death. Alright, so let's, let's use an illustration for this, right? Wages, um, something we, we understand, right? A lot of us uh, have had a job, got a paycheck before. Uh, wages are a good thing. And, um, so let's use the illustration of, of a wage, and, and here's the illustration, right? Uh, you work for me one day, and, and, um, and, and I I'm, I'm pay you $50, right? right? You did a day's work, you get 50 bucks at the end of it. Um, okay, so the $50 would be your wage, right? It would be what you earned. Uh, it, and, and so the same thing is true because we have sinned. Guess what? There's something that we've earned. Um, and remember what was, what was Romans 6.23? What was the wage we earned? Wage of sin is, is death. Okay, so, so we, we've sinned and so we've earned something. And what we've earned isn't $50, it's death. And... Um, that, that means that that's what we're going to receive. We're going to die and be eternally separated from God. And that's, that's pretty serious, right? So I don't want that job. But, you know, that, but that, that is what we've earned because of our sin. And, and so that's the bad news. And, um, you know, that's, that's bad. And it would be really bad um, if we stopped there. Do you, do you agree that's bad news? Yeah, that's, that's bad news. And, um, and most people will say, yeah, I see what you mean. Right? I, that is bad news. Uh, that is bad. And, um, but thankfully, the Bible doesn't just stop at the bad news. It gives good news. And so um, let's, let's work through that together. Right? So the, the good news and what the Bible is talking about, it's because there is no way for you to come to God, God has decided to come to you. And, and that's the good news. And the good news starts with this simple fact. Christ died for you. Christ died for you. And so um, we'll flip over to Romans 5.8. This is what you need to understand, that you need to understand that Christ died for you. Romans 5.8. Someone would read that for me. Volunteer there. Remember, once again, open your Bible, take them to the passage, and and have them read it from the Word of God. And uh, we'll do it on the screen instead, Ted. Okay, so God's demonstrating his love toward us that even though we're still sinners, Jesus will die for us. Jesus has died for us. And so, um, so let's, let's consider what that looks like. All right, so an uh, example would be, um, let's say you're in the hospital, you're dying of cancer. Okay, something very serious here. And, and I could come to you and, and say, I, I want to do something for you. Um, I want to take all of that cancer that's in your body, and we'll take it all out and have them put it in my body instead. And, uh, and, and you say, well, that sounds like a good idea. Uh, well, here's the question. If that were to actually happen, okay, um, what would happen to me? Right? If, if they were able to take all the cancer out of your body and put it in my body, what would happen to me? Okay, I would die, right? I would die. What would happen to you? Yeah, you would you would live, exactly, and 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 so, question: Why? Why would that happen? 
Why would I die and why would you live? Okay, because you, you took the, the cancer, right? You took the cancer. Um, let me go further. I died for you. I mean, that, that's what would have be, be taking place. And so um, what happened? The thing that was causing the death, the thing that was causing the suffering, the thing that was causing the, the, the pain, it would be placed upon me and I would die as your substitute. And that's what Christ did. The Bible says that Christ came into the world took the sin that was causing your death, right, placed it upon himself, and died on the cross in your place. He was your substitute. Right, that, that's what happened. He died uh, for you. And so the third day, he raises from, uh, uh, is risen from the grave, and it, it shows that, that as he arose, it's proof that sin and death has been conquered. Um, and, and so... Um, that's what, what Jesus did, so that Christ died for you. Now, that's good news, right? That's, that's good news, but there's more good news in that you can be saved through faith. So, um, <laughs> the bad news, remember how it got even worse? Well, guess what? The good news, it, it gets even, even better. And um, the final thing that you just need to understand is that you can be saved through faith, right? You can be saved through faith. And so uh, Ephesians 2, 8, and 9, remember, you turn there in your Bible, you say, let's read it together, uh, but we're going to read it off the screen. Uh, or Rick, you can read it from your, your uh, Bible there in your hand there, your electronic Bible. Ephesians 2, 8, and 9. Oh, and uh, I have the wrong verse up there. That's my typo. So I guess I'm glad you have it there, if you could read that out for us. By grace you are saved through faith, that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God, not of works, Okay. By grace have you been saved through faith, and not of yourselves. It's the gift of God. And the reminder there, it's not of works, right? Lest any man should boast. So um, let's um, consider it um, this way. If we're trying to describe what does that actually look like. All right, so think about it this way. Um, Jesus Christ, he's died for your sins. Um, and God is now able to offer to you a free gift of heaven, right? You can have this free gift of heaven, and all you have to do is put your faith or your trust in Christ. And so um, how do we illustrate that? Well, the great example of that is the chair, okay? Um, when you came in here today, um, I saw most of you just plop right down, on that seat that you're in. And um, why did you just sit down and trust that the chair, that pew, would, would hold you? Did, did anybody have any doubts? Not anymore. <laughs> Not anymore. <laughs> Not anymore. Yeah, you know, you're, you're, you're confident that you, you, just, you just sit down, you, you'll be okay. Um, yeah, watch this one a little bit, though. It's a little rough up here. But uh, most of the other ones are pretty good. Uh, but yeah, you, you, just, you, you just believed, right? You trusted that it would hold you, and, and you even act upon it. You plop down. You, you put your safety there in that pew's uh, metaphorical hand, so to speak, right? You, you trusted that it would, would hold you. Uh, well, what does it mean when we're trusting 
Christ. Putting your faith in him. For what? The chair had to hold you. What's Christ going to do? What was it? For salvation. That he'll save you. Right? You say, Jesus, I believe that you'll save me. All right? I, I, I think you can do that. And, and so, what are we trusting in? Okay? When he died on the cross, he paid for my sins. Right? It was, it was like he took all my sin and he put it on him. He was my substitute. And he died the wages of sin. He, he paid for that. And now I don't have to. And I trust it. I believe. And, okay, so, so as, as we think about that, right, what are we understanding? Um, we're, we're putting our faith in Christ. We're trusting him. And, and here's what it means, right? Jesus will save us. We're not trusting um, joining a church. We're, we're not trusting trying to live a good life. We're, we're not trusting that I got baptized. Right? We're, we're not trusting any of those things. We're trusting Christ and Christ alone. It's, it's not on the basis of anything that I could do. Right? It, it's Ephesians 2, 8 and 9, going back to that verse. Right? It's by grace have you been saved through faith. Not of yourselves, it's a gift of God, not of works, lest anyone should boast. I, I can't be a good enough person to get to heaven. I don't need Christ plus good works to heaven. I just need Christ, and he's enough. Now, because he's my savior, do I want to do good works? Sure, right? But that's after. That comes after he saved me. I'm not saved on the basis of anything that I do or anything that I've done. And so, what do we do then? Well, just ask a simple question. I mean, I don't know about you, but I, I would say that that's a pretty simple, clear gospel presentation that gets to just the very bare bones of what you need to understand for salvation. Um, and so, at, at, at this point in time, just ask a question. Is, is there anything keeping you from trusting Christ as your Savior right now? What, what, does, that, what does that do? I mean, make a decision. <laughs> Right? It, it, it says, make a decision on what you've heard. Uh, is, is there something that's keeping you from believing this right now? And sometimes people will say, yes. Right? I've still got questions about this, 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 and this, or, or whatever. And sometimes people will say, no, what you just said, I've not heard that before. And I believe that's true, and I want to trust Christ to be my Savior. And, and you'll get different responses here, and that's, that's okay. Um, a lot of times the answer is, no, I never understood this before. You know, there's nothing hindering me. And, and, and so you may ask them, well, would you just like to pray and tell God that you, you're trusting his son, Jesus, as your savior right now? And a lot of people say, yeah, I'd, I'd love to do that. And uh, you hear some really awesome prayers at this time, right? People just pray. Um, one, of the, one of the things... I'd encourage you to do is just take a moment and ask them to say back to you what you've just went through together in, in their own words, right? Make sure that they understand what you just discussed. And it um, may not be as deep, but if, if there is a basic understanding, yeah, I, I'm a sinner, and because of my sin, God would judge me, and I was on my way to being separated from him. Um, but Jesus died for me, and he, he took my sins, and and, and I want to believe in him. I want him as my savior. 
And you'll hear, you know, variations of that, right? And it may not use all the big words or may not use the theological terms. That doesn't matter, right? Um, but, but a lot of people will understand. Um, okay, so, um, you know, I, I encourage people to remember, you know, um, you know, okay, prayer doesn't save you, right? It's not prayer that saves you. It's faith that saves you. It's believing in Jesus that saves you. And so um, prayer is just telling God what we've already done, right? It's telling him what we've already done in, in our heart. And so, um, so what do we do with that? Well, a lot of times um, folks who get saved may have questions about, well, well, can I lose this? What happens now? And a, a good verse to take them to is just John five twenty four, And, um, you know, just, just reminding them, okay, once you understand salvation is based on a fact, it's based on belief, it's based on trust, it's not based on a feeling, it's not based on how you wake up tomorrow and what you feel like tomorrow, it's based on a reality. John five twenty four, 24, um, and again, open your Bible, have them read it straight out of it. Verily, verily, I say unto you, he that heareth my word, believeth on him that sent me, hath everlasting life, and shall not come into condemnation, but is passed from death unto life. Okay, so what, what was the requirement there? What was the requirement for salvation? Yeah, yeah. So you, you, you hear it and you believe, right? You, you learn the truth and you believe it. Um, is, is the requirement there that you not sin this evening? <laughs> no, that's not there, right? Um, is the requirement that you still feel an emotional high the next morning? Right, that your excitement is still there the next morning. Is that the requirement? Um, is is the requirement there that three people come alongside you and affirm that this reality took place over the next day? <laughs> That's not there, right? Uh, is the requirement there that now you have to be baptized within two weeks? <laughs> that that's not there. Um, is the requirement there that you have to join the local church uh, tomorrow? Is that there? No. Now, there are other verses that speak to what should be happening in the life of a believer. It's just they have nothing to do with salvation, right? They, they, the only extent to which they have to do with salvation are the effects afterwards, but not that point-in-time event. None, none of that is required in advance. Um, okay, so, so um, as you consider it, right, look, look back at the... Um, he encouraged you just to go back and... and Go through it and ask them the questions. Um, okay, let's look at the verse. Let's break it down. First part, right? Verily, verily, I say unto you, he that hears my word. Did you do that? Right? If you're saved today, did you do that? Did you do that? Yeah. Okay. Um, next part. Believes in him that sent me. Did you believe what God said and trust Christ as your Savior? Probably yes, right? I mean, that, that's probably the answer there. And it's usually to say, yes, I did. Okay, keeps going. Has everlasting life. Does that mean later or right now? Right now. Yeah, you don't, you don't have to wait for that. You have everlasting life the moment you believe. And shall not come into judgment. Does that say shall not or might not? Shall not, right? Shall not. Last part, but it's passed from death into life. Does that say has passed or will pass? Yeah, so, yeah, is or has passed there, right? Has passed from death into life. 
So, um, as you think about this, what, what is the, the reality here? Pa- passing from death into life, having eternal life, having everlasting life is based on a fact, not a feeling. And so, um, this is a great verse just to remember, right? And, and encourage folks to, maybe this is something you want to commit to memory as you go forward. So, um, you may, may have something you want to do now, like uh, share with them how they can grow as a Christian, um, point them to a, a Bible-believing church, um, maybe encourage them to have um, start reading God's Word, um, you know, different places you can start. Uh, he likes Philippians, um, that's fine. A lot of times you'll hear a Gospel of John mentioned, that's fine. Uh, but, but point them to a place in Scripture. Um, encourage them to get involved in a local church. Encourage them to get baptized. Um, and, and if it's somebody in your area, maybe you want to have an opportunity to come alongside them and go through a discipleship study like Truth or Myth or one of the ones that we have here. Um, you know, if they're in the local area, say, why don't you come to church with me this Sunday? And... Um, you know, maybe they can meet you here. Maybe they're not in a position to meet you here, and you can pick them up and bring them with you to church, and um, that's great too. So, a uh, couple things. Uh, I think I have this outlined uh, up here. I'm just going to kind of mention this, um, um, and you know, th- this will be on here. If you wanted to to take notes or just jot something down, you could. But so introductory question, has anyone taken a Bible and shown how you can know that you're going to heaven? May I? Um, the bad news was up next. First was you're a sinner. Remember the illustration uh, was the rock, Romans 3.23, the rock, right? All have sinned, and, um, and then we use the rock uh, illustration. Um, second part, penalty of sin is death. So further bad news, even worse news, Romans 6.23, wages of sin is death. Um, but there is good news, right? Good news is what comes next. First one, Christ died for you. All right, so Romans 5, 8. And uh, we went through that together. The um, cancer is the illustration there. And then um, last part, you can be saved through faith, Ephesians 2, 8, 9. And chair is the example of illustration of faith. Um, concluding question. Is there anything that's keeping you from trusting Christ as your Savior right now? And um, so, um, with that, right, what's, what is the best way, if, if you want to be somebody who's out sharing the gospel with other people, um, the, the easiest way to get started with that is have a method to begin with, right? And so, the, there are other methods out there. Some people use the Romans Road, the, other things, right? Nothing wrong with that have something, okay? And so this is the bad news, good news. Um, you, can, you can use this one. Um, you can use others. Um, I mean, there have been times where um, I've just used a John 3.16 method, right? And taken down each of the words through John 3.16. And um, sometimes you hear that called the one-verse method. I've used that before. Um, sometimes if I have more time with somebody, um, if you look at our quiz track, the yellow quiz track out there, um, there are steps along the way listed as various truths. And, um, and I'll sit down with somebody and walk them through each of those truths. And uh, that's a great one if you have the track with you because you can just walk them straight through that. Um, 
but but whatever it is, right? Have have a method and be confident in it as you go into it. Um, some uh, you know, once you have a method, you may mix things up a little bit, right? You may, may mix things in as you become more more confident in doing that. Um, but but that process, right? Turning a conversation, a regular everyday conversation, to spiritual things, and then sharing the gospel. It is so essential, and having a method that you're confident in will help you have the courage and the boldness you need to get to that point um, to to help deal with deal with fear. Um, and as you do it, and as you practice it, your just your boldness and ability to do this will will become easier, um, and you won't you won't be as afraid. You know, I, I'm not going to say that, that people don't ever say anything that throws me off, right? I mean, you, you know, occasionally somebody will come off with something off the wall, right? But, but as you get used to that, right, you, you, get, you get used to, okay, how do you redirect the conversation back to where it needs to be? Um, because um, not every question needs an answer at that moment. Let's just, just say that. And you get comfortable with, with bringing things back. And... Um, and, and that's okay, right? So as, as you think about it, um, you know, your boldness will increase. Um, I, I believe that as you're equipped and prepared, God will give you more opportunities to, to share it. And uh, some of those opportunities may be there, but you just, you're, you're not prepared to even approach them now. Um, and as you think, what, what is more important to share, right? What, what words could you say to an unbeliever that is more important than the gospel? And so as a believer, what is the responsibility that we have? I mean, this ought to be incorporated in our lives. So if, if, if you don't have a method, right, you, you need to get one. And, um, and if, you, if you want me to send you this outline or something like that, I'm, I'm glad to send that to you. Um, j- just let me know if there's anybody like that. And, um, and I can just shoot it to you in email. Um, I, know, um, I, I know at times um, when I first started, Using this, um, I, I had like a little bookmark <laughs> in my Bible, and um, and it, it, I mean, it just had like that, right? I mean, that was the point. And so you, you, you know, it was just a little tiny outline, and it had bad news A, B, good news A, B, and and that was it. And um, and that was enough to to jog my memory, you, you know, to to work work the way through that, and. Um, all right, any questions, questions, comments? Anya? I think it's a good uh, idea to keep I mean, you know, pair it with other other people. I mean, share it with your spouse. Get somebody in church, share it with them, and uh, practice it. I mean, uh, you know, I mean, just, I mean, just just like I, I know that seems weird. We have these weird hangups, right? Like with other people, where it's like, oh, I could never ask them that, 
Right, let, let's be honest. Is there anybody here who would say, no, I just think that would be too weird to have you sit there and present the gospel to me. I mean, is there anybody here who would say, I, I, would, I would just hate to have to listen to him and, and do I mean, nobody would say that, right? But we get this hang up in our mind like, oh, I could never ask them to, to listen to me share the gospel. <laughs> you know, that's baloney. It's a lie, right? And we believe these lies and we set these things up about why we can't do something. It's a lie. Don't tell yourself a lie, Right? Just go ahead and get a method and sit down with somebody and grab a partner and say, hey, can we sit down? And I, I want to I just practice sharing the gospel. Would you sit there and, and listen to me and be, you know, be the other person? Just, just do it. <laughs> you know, and, and just, just overcome that. So, so whatever that lie is that, that keeps popping up in your mind, and I get it, right? I'm, I'm not separate. I, I got lies I hear myself, tell myself all the time that I have to knock down too. Don't, don't let that be one, right? And so grab a partner and, um, and go through this and spend time sharing the gospel with somebody. Um, it's a great thing. All right, anything else? Other comments? Yes, sir. Victor? Uh-huh. Okay. Yeah, so they would ask, why do you need to become a Baptist? Why do you have to join a Baptist church? Sure. So, um, so in the Philippines, where most people are Catholic, right? By, by and large, most people are Catholic. And so you have different... Um, and this is, this is going to be true um, even in the States, too, as well. And so uh, my... My recommendation, you know, somebody asks you that question, why do I need to change religions? Or, or, and and I, I would separate it first. I would make a distinction. Okay. In order to be saved, you don't have to change religions. Right? You just have to believe. Now, let's talk about afterwards. Okay. You, you need to be in a place that's preaching the word of God. And you need to be in a place that's, tre- that's teaching salvation based on what the Bible actually says. Okay, now, that, that's, that's the secondary part. Okay, but, but let's not focus on that right now. Let's just talk about what the Bible says and what you heard and whether or not you believe it. Right, because because there's a lot of baggage. You, you start getting into um, that. I mean, you know, I, I know from like Poland and, and being over there. Um, you know, Catholicism is national identity. I, I mean, the the reason that the reason that Poland um, probably exists as a country today has a lot to do with the Catholic Church, and and why? Because they were wiped off the map and didn't exist. But the Polish identity was kept alive through the Catholic Church in Poland. And then when they reorganized and kept actual boundaries, um, that happened largely because of the Catholic Church. So, so when, when you're there and you, you, know, you, you start saying, well, is this what the Catholic Church in Poland teaches? Does the Catholic t- Church teach that you can be saved by faith alone and Christ alone apart from any works? And, um, and, and folks will say, well, no, that's not what my church teaches. Well, well now you're also getting into, 
yeah, but I'm Polish. I have to be Catholic, right? And you're, you're getting into all you know, national identity. You're getting into all of these other things as well. And, and we, you know, we want to be clear here. The, the states, the Catholic Church in the U.S. is weird. Can I just say that? And I, I don't want to say that in a bad way. I, I mean it in this way. The, the, the Catholic Church in the U.S. is unique. Let, let's describe it that way. Because the, the Catholic Church in the U.S. is not like the Roman Catholic Church in Italy, and it's not like the Roman Catholic Church in Poland. Um, you know, in, in, in Poland, the distinction between the Catholic Church and a Protestant Church is so much that, like, for example, at Anya's Brethren Church, you would have Catholics lining up and making cat sounds and things because they, they, they hated the, the Protestant churches, right? It was, it was an affront to them. And there was a, a strong dividing line. Where in the U.S. today, that, I mean, there, there are some, some Catholic priests who are preaching the gospel. <laughs> and, uh, you know, there, there are churches here who are preaching scripture and, and biblically on that. Um, now, um, you know, my, my barber up in Indiana, he, went, he was in the Catholic church every week. I mean, he was born-again believer. And, I, and I'd, I'd ask a question. Well, he said, well, I, I go to church, and, and I tell them that salvation is by faith alone. And he said, they don't all believe me, but I tell them. <laughs> and I mean, he's a, he's a born-again believer, and, and he believes that. But he knew that at least in his local church there, his local congregation, that the teaching was distinct from that. Right? He, he knew that there was a, a, a distinction. But there are some Catholic churches in the U.S. that you, you have saved priests preaching the gospel. And so we, we're a little bit unusual over here, just I would say in part because of just the spread of evangelicalism in, in the U.S. And, um, and even our distance from, from uh, Rome, perhaps. Right? And so, um, so it, it's, a, it's an unusual situation here in, in the U.S. Um, Italy is totally different, right? Poland is totally different. Um, and, and there are other places where there is a, a much harder line, much harder distinction between what we would say broader evangelicalism and, and the Catholic Church itself. Anya? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, so, so if, you know, here if somebody leaves a Catholic church and goes to a Baptist church, it's kind of like, oh yeah, but they're still in church. And, you know, that's, um, in, in Poland, um, we know folks who, who have left the Catholic church and, and began attending, you know, a, not necessarily Baptist, but an evangelical church of some type. And, um, I mean, their families disown them. I mean, don't come back in my house. Don't, you know, it, it's a very different situation. And, and I don't know if the Philippines, if it's that strong um, in terms of disowning, but, um, but the, there are places where that, you know, that very much is, is the case. So, no. any other, that's a good question. Um, any other questions? Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. Sure, sure. So uh, Ms. Baker just noted that um, there are people where it seems like if you're a friend first, it's easier for them to accept the gospel. And um, there's truth. I mean, you know, somebody observes your life over a period of time, and hopefully you have a good testimony. They, they may be more receptive. Um, now, there, there's this notion on the other uh, side of that. Um, sometimes you hear it called, uh, like, um, picnic Christianity. Like, the, the idea is that, okay, I have to get to know somebody. We have to have been to a picnic or something to, uh, before, you know, we spend time together or develop a relationship before we, we, we can ever share the gospel. And, and, and I would just say very simply that the, the pattern we see in the New Testament is very rarely uh, do we see, and I don't know if it even exists, somebody waiting for an extended period of time before sharing the gospel. In the New Testament, the pattern is you show up and you start talking about Christ and people get saved. And so, um, so I, I think that there are two things here, right? There is an aspect of experience where we, we want to develop relationships and people see our lives and Perhaps they're more receptive to the gospel. At the same time, I would say don't wait. Right? Your life ought to be portraying Christ and talking about him throughout that entire time as they're observing what you're doing. And so, um, you know, it's, it's, it's not like I meet somebody and I say, well, okay, I can't talk about Jesus until we've known each other for two weeks or, you know, or three weeks or six months or, or whatever. Just talk about Christ, and, and it ought to be pouring out of you so much that that's just who you are and, and what you're like. Um, there, there are people that I meet, and um, I, I feel like I've got a sense of who they are and what they're like just because they're transparent in what they love and what they believe in just moments of time, right? I don't know if you've ever experienced that. You know, I, I'm not. I'm not saying that you know I'm going to send my kid to their house for a sleepover, right? <laughs> you know what I mean? I, I mean not trusted that much, but but where I, I get the sense, okay, that this is somebody who's there and they're seeking to serve and they're on it for the good of other people and they're they're trying, you know, to to put themselves out there for for the good of others, and um, and and it's it's pretty clear where they are, and and that can be in, in just a few moments. Right where you see their example, um, whereas there there's some people I've known for six months, and um, I, I don't have any idea what they're like. Uh, I mean, they they that transparency, that aspect of seeing their life, it's it's just not there. I mean, they they show up, but you don't really you don't really know them or even feel like you know them, even though you may have been in the same room or the same office or, or the same church or whatever for for months and months. And so, um, so you, you know, I, I would say in that sense, how do you break down some of those barriers? Have people over, right? Have people over for, for meals. Um, have people over to where they can see you, uh, your life, and interacting. And, and um, let, let them see in the midst of, of your family, how you interact with your family, um, all of those things. Um, that, that breaks down barriers, um, but I would say throughout the whole process, be sharing the gospel all along the way, right? It, it's it's not like okay, I shared the gospel with them, they didn't get saved. Uh, I gotta wait, I gotta wait six months until we can talk about Jesus again. Right? I mean, we ought to just be talking about Jesus all the time. And um, okay, here here's the practical lesson: when when is it 
that I don't have that opportunity to share the gospel with someone anymore? When is it that, I, that the door actually is closed? Okay, Mark says when they die. All right. And uh, there, there's a, a yeah, sense of, of, of truth there. But uh, anything else? Any other, any other ideas? Okay, when they tell you, Ted, they stop talking to you. Yeah, and I, and I, I think that's kind of the, so if, if they're open to you, they're open to the gospel, right? So, so I, I've got, like, I've got friends um, who, um, I mean, they hate the Lord. They hate Christ. I mean, they, they hate Christianity. Absolutely hate it. Um, they are, um, they are, are not merely, um, they are not merely non-religious, right? They are anti-religion and hateful toward religion. And um, some of them, uh, some of them, I mean, they've been in churches with me and sat, sat through services, um, but they hate God. And if you looked at their Facebook wall, you know that they hate God. And uh, the things that they say and the things they do. But guess what? If I, if some of them, if I call them up, you know, tomorrow or if they're in town, somewhere out of town, and I said, hey, you want to get lunch? They say, yeah, sure. And guess what? Over that lunch, I could share the gospel with them again. And they'd put up with it and they'd listen to it. Why? Because of me, right? They are relationship. It would be on that basis that I could share. And so if, if they're open to you, they're open to the gospel, Right, and so the the deal is this: Hey, you want to have lunch with me? You're gonna hear about Jesus, right? I mean, that I mean, they know that coming in. I mean, they they just know that's the reality of 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 what what's happening. And so, um, some people will still be open to you, either because of the relationship, what you've meant to their life, the way you've shown them love, um, in spite of that. But share Christ with them, right? Keep keep talking about the Savior, Miss Baker. Sure. Mm-hmm. Sure. There, there, are, there are different challenges there. Mm-hmm. Sure. Yeah. Okay. Sure. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. 
Let, let me fill everybody in because uh, some of you may not know Miss Baker. Uh, Miss Baker's a longtime member here. Um, she's in a, um, a, a care facility. What's the name of the? the rehab, rehab nursing home um, up just north of Grafton, kind of Yorktown, wherever that, I don't know where that line is, but somewhere up that way. Is it Grafton there? Okay. So, um, but uh, Miss Baker's been kind of locked in since uh, COVID started, <laughs> uh, the house arrest, so to speak. And so uh, this is Miss Baker's first time back out since, uh, since COVID. And so we're really glad you're here. Uh, she has a roommate who's been having some health, health challenges. And so we'll pray for her. And there's certainly some unique things to that setting. So we, we appreciate you very much. But uh, remind me her first name. Donna, Donna McRae. Okay, and <laughs> which one you're talking about? Anya, did you have something? Leading the daily bread with some of the rest of us. Amen. All right. Well, we're going to pray for that, Miss Baker, right now. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay. All right. Well, praise the Lord. Well, Miss Baker, we're going to need to go ahead and close in prayer. So we're going to go ahead and pray, pray right now, and we'll pray for that. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we do thank you for this time we've had to, to look in your word. And Father, we pray that you would help us to continue to use uh, just the opportunities that are around us. Father, help us to learn a method, to be confident in it, so that we can share the gospel clearly. And uh, Father, we, we pray that in the week ahead, you would, you would help us to be bold. And uh, Father, help us also to, to reach out to others, uh, to practice, uh, to, to get, get better at, at sharing the truth, the Word of God. Uh, Father, we, we know that this is a skill that, that can be developed. And Father, we thank you for Miss Baker being here. We do pray for her roommate, Donna. We pray with the health challenges that she's had. And uh, Father, just the various needs. And you know those, Lord. Uh, we pray also for her uh, Bible study through our daily bread. And pray that you'd continue to use her in the life of others there. And uh, Lord, we're just grateful for this time we've had together. We pray that uh, you would help us in the week ahead to serve you and honor you with our choices and decisions. And Father, that we would share the gospel. Help us to be inviting others and encouraging others. And we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen.